Josh, Thursday is one of my favorite days. Mine too. I, I've got some other ones, but Thursday, I wake up on Thursday and go, man, yep, awesome. We're going to get in here. We're going to get this podcast recorded and get it oh, out. Oh, I thought it was like in spite of, right? No, no, no. <laughs> because of. Same. Uh, I would agree. I, I always enjoy this time. It, it, it's fun for many reasons. The production is, is fun and you and I getting together is always fun. Um, and, and what we talk about is fun and, and knowing that we're... Uh, who knows? Maybe it's part of being a world changer. Mm-hmm. Maybe in some way, the, the the trio of podcasts at Marcus Point is 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 part of that world changing. Yeah, because it's out there for the world to hear, whether people hear it or not. You know. Hey, you uh, know. We don't well, know. Our our goal is to dis- dispense content. That's right. Uh, that's meaningful. That's right. And that's 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 why we do this. And I think you and I both have talked before. And whenever we say dispense content, it's for the church, mm-hmm. you know, wonderful and, of other people. Selfishly, it's for us. Yeah, it's for us. This, I get a lot of value out of this as well. I listen. <laughs> well, because you prepare the Bible study and you're held responsible for that, right? So, well, yeah, I mean, and, and I've told you this before, you know, one thing we all struggle with is like having our daily devotionals yeah. or Bible, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And kind of a selfish reason that I enjoy doing this kind of stuff or teaching in the gun club, Bible study, or whatever, mm-hmm. is that um, it forces me sometimes, well, a lot of times it forces me to set apart time specifically to study, there you go. Uh, to study right. scripture and, and do all that kind of stuff. Very and good. So, That's good. Know, we, we and we reap the benefits of that also, Josh. It's a symbiosis. It's a good thing, man. Um, but Thursday's fun, uh, and you know we want um, anybody who needs to or wants to hear more about the Word of God. That's that's you know that's who we're putting this out for. And uh, many times we forget that we have um, not just the Pensacola campus. I mean, we've got Beulah, North Pace. We got a TV audience, uh, social media audience. Or, our church does, not right. just the podcast. Let's yeah. let me make that clear. Our church has the, the Beulah North Face uh, TV podcast, social media, um, and two more in 24 is the motto that Pastor Godfrey's using. In fact, the Molino campus just met for the first time, was it this past Wednesday? That's right, this Wednesday. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, the sort leaders. of a meet and greet of the core crew. Yep, that's yeah. right. So in that, all the other uh, um, extended campuses had that same meeting at one point or time, time or another and are now you know, flourishing. And we're going to go to Navarre as well. My mother lives in Navarre, so I'm excited about that. Maybe yeah. she'll start going to um, to Marcus Point at, at Navarre. But two more in 24 is a motto that Pastor Godfrey was talking about last right. week. Two more campuses in, in 2024. And you're actually doing some of the engineering for uh, those buildings. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think uh, two more in 24 was advantageous because uh, I don't think much rhymes with five. <laughs> 25. <laughs> Hive, yeah, nothing <laughs> appropriate. But we're connecting to God, one another in the lost world. Thrive in twenty five. Thri- oh, so we're gonna beautiful start two in twenty four. Or no, wait, two wait. more in twenty four. Oh yeah, two more in twenty four. Mm-hmm. And once those are started, we're gonna thrive. In 20- That's beautiful. I'm calling it. This That's is my good. prediction for twenty twenty five. That's good. That's good. Or high five in twenty five. Uh, either one doesn't yeah. get on there. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, I often get us off track. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> Whatever we're going to do, it's going to be connecting to God, one another, in the lost world. Correct. Everything that we do is is uh, keeping those three things in mind. But one thing I want to I, I want to bring up real quick is I'm I am a, a personal story. I am without a phone, and you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, you'd say that and go, oh, big deal, 
right? But I am without a phone is different in 2023 than it was back in the day. But here's the thing, Josh, I'm kind of liking it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I am not disliking it. I can put that one. Yeah. Here's what I'm, I've been, this is the second day without a phone. Um, and here's what I'm missing. Timers. <laughs> is that Alar- why you late today? <laughs> <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact. Alarms and and uh, music and streaming. These are the things that I'm missing. Yeah. I'm not missing any of the apps. I'm not missing the phone calls. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and this is the reason why, as far as the phone calls and texts go, I usually handle, even with my phone, I usually handle those when I get behind my desk. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've realized that even with my phone, I, mean, I, I usually don't, I don't respond a whole lot unless I'm, unless I'm working. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and because of that, I'm not missing my phone that much. Right. I'm really not. And, you know, I'm, I'm a photographer, so I don't use the camera for that purpose very much. I use my real camera. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> So, Josh, if you're going to text me or anything, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to be able to respond until I get behind my computer, which will be. Well, that makes sense because I texted you like, hey, I'm on my way. And then, hey, I'm in the studio. And I never got a response until you walked okay. in. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> I didn't know that's because you didn't have a phone. Yeah. My phone started. Uh, they called it ghost texting. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the phone, the screen is cracked for one. It's been cracked for a couple of years. And I think right. it finally breached and uh, is, is down to the sensors. I'm making these words up you know, mm-hmm. uh, down to the center and you turn the phone on and it just looks like somebody is frantically touching everything and goes from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another. And I went into Best Buy mm-hmm. yesterday and was helped by a very helpful young lady named Kat. And she was on the ball, man. It was amazing. I walked up to the geek squad, uh, gave her my phone, gave her just a little bit of feedback. She was on the cat, the cash register, but the cash register now, uh, this is new to me. I'm sure everybody <laughs> knows it. The cash register now is also the computer that she can use to do everything she needs to do right. on the phone. She never left, left that cash register. She checked me out with the cash register. Uh-huh. Uh, she, she, she did the analysis with the cash register. She contacted, you know, Apple with it. I'm like, she was just, and her fingers were going so fast. I looked at her and I'm like, man, you are fantastic. <laughs> And she gave me some good, uh, 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 good feedback. She said, uh, "The good news is your phone is under warranty because you have Apple Care." Right. And the bad news is you won't have your phone for four or five days. I said, "It's all good news to me, man." <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to replace the entire phone because I have Apple Care. So I, I, I don't. I've never been one for warranties. Yeah. But I'm going to stand behind Apple Care nine or. Was it hundred hundred and six dollars because the uh, screen's busted? Mm-hmm. Hundred six dollars. I have a brand new phone of the same uh, iPhone eleven. I think it is right. Um, and if there's not any more iPhone elevens, they'll upgrade me. But I'm sure there's some iPhone elevens. Had to send it back, and whenever it comes back, that's money well spent, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, especially. With See, a, we're probably going to lose a few listeners because of this, but I don't like iPhones. I'm a Samsung guy. And you know how to use those things, man. You do everything with your laptop. I mean, you're a tablet. Yeah. Uh, Samsung tablet. Yep. You make it happen, man. It's good. I don't care how you get there, just so you know how to use it. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
Um, well, my daughter, she you know she has a, a Samsung phone, but an iPhone tablet because she does a lot of artwork and stuff on it. So, and that's the yeah. iPhone is uh, the, the tablet. The Apple tablet's better for that, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's better. It just has uh, apps that are more widely accepted okay. in the artistic world. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. And I, I guess the Android platform does. Right. I think both can do the same thing, just yeah. with different different apps. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It used to matter to me. It does not matter to me anymore. Right. It doesn't. I remember when uh, uh, when I was in college, this was the summer after my junior year, I got a summer job working at a local newspaper as a proofreader. And, you know, I'm, I'm spending time, uh, you know, in, in college, in an engineering program where everything is uh, PC-based mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the art department, all their stuff was Mac-based. Yeah. Because at the time, in the mid-'90s, they were better suited for right. those particular applications. Well, I went to the, the newspaper, and I spent the entire summer as a proofreader. And everything was Mac mm-hmm. on there. And it was a totally new environment for me. Like it's just trying language. to figure out, yeah, what in the world does this operating system do? Right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, by the end of the, the summer, I'm like, yeah, I can do Mac. I can do, uh, I can do uh, Windows. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, have, now, nowadays they're, they're so intertwined, you know yeah. what I mean? They communicate uh, most effectively with each other. Yeah. Once the, uh, uh, the processors reached a certain point. Mm-hmm. It almost didn't become as necessary to, right. to isolate to a specific platform. Or gotcha. not. I mean, there's nuances, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's outside the context of our podcast today. Well, <laughs> on my MacBook right here, the notes tell me that we're, that we're going to be talking about uh, the last series of World Changers. It's the last one of four. Is that I think it was four? Yes. We went through and, and um, well, actually, no. This this said part three. Oh, okay. Because uh, I, I you know I take notes on it. I, right, right. But uh, because there were the world changers were on that's twelve right. disciples, we mm-hmm. took them in groups of four. That's right. So, that's right. so by four, that's three. Yeah. The last three. <laughs> this is the last of the three. Yes. And we talked about some uh, world changers, and and it was a trinity of sermons. It was, if you will. And it was a real good service, as always. Pastor Godfrey was addressed in fall. If you haven't. If you didn't notice that, he had a um, flannel uh, long sleeve shirt on with some khakis. He looked fantastic up there. It just made me feel like the cold weather's coming, baby. <laughs> I can't wait. And here in Pensacola, Florida, the humidity has dropped significantly. Yeah. It's been nice outside. Oh, it has. It's really beautiful today. Whenever we say nice, what we mean here in Pensacola is, is it's not 100 degrees Correct. and 99% humidity. Yeah. It will get up to 90 degrees, mm-hmm. but with that humidity backed off a little bit, it, I, I love putting my air conditioner on high, rolling the windows down, and driving home or, or back to the church because it just makes me feel like it's fall. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> I feel that cold weather as if it's you the wind. you also do the pumpkin spice everywhere? I just got through drinking a pumpkin spice, as a matter of fact, oh, okay. <laughs> before, before <laughs> I drank what I made for us. Gotcha. <laughs> So yes, uh, I love the fall. I do, man. It's just uh, it, it's a good time. I, when I rode bikes, it was a good time for for, for bike riding too. It wasn't mm-hmm. too hot and cool enough cool enough in the morning to wear long sleeve, but you take that off whenever you get pedaling a little bit, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. When I was when I was a kid, you know, I grew up way out in the middle of nowhere in the country, and uh, fall was always my favorite because I was always interested in uh, outdoor like survival and camping oh, yeah. and stuff okay. like that, mm-hmm. and that was the prime, yeah, you know, comfort season. Right, sure, so, sure. Just 
spend a bunch of hours outdoors in the fields mm. building you know survival shelters and stuff that and and you know looking at uh, edible plants and all oh that stuff that gracious. you know a, a teenage boy who's out in the middle of nowhere likes mm-hmm. to do <laughs> was that in colorado josh no it was in texas in texas yeah. that's right in it texas. was just okay. uh you know same pretty much same uh, uh latitude mm-hmm. as pensacola is okay but um so same almost identical weather pattern gotcha but okay. um yeah that's why fall was really nice well it's getting here i mean it's already october 5th mm-hmm. right it's october 5th today yep is that right yep october 5th um josh i took down a couple of notes i wanted to go over real quick about the from the sermon yeah um last week we talked about Tim Lee and it being Friends Day, and we didn't um, uh, recognize, uh, not well enough anyway, that 175 people claimed that they were saved. 175 people. That's quite a few. That's quite a few. And, and the way we do that, it's different depending on who the, the pastor is, but the way um, Tim Lee did it is that I think he had them um, – put a certain thing on the card if i'm not mistaken right um, and well, or raise their hand yeah we have well kind of mixture both we have a connection card mm-hmm. where people can like put their name and address and you know if, if there's usually a couple check boxes there like did yeah. you uh, accept jesus as your savior mm-hmm. or, you know did you make some decision or whatever mm-hmm. it's just so it can kind of be memorialized mm-hmm. and, and right 175 people. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have thousands of people here. There were hundreds. Uh-huh. I don't even know the numbers, but uh, that's, a, that's a whole lot of people. And 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 Across all both services, it was definitely more than a thousand. Oh, was that was that right? So between one and two thousand. Yeah. Something like that. That's a good that's a good that's a good size uh, size group of people. It's still a good ratio in 175 right. people uh, in a church that you would think a lot of people have already made that decision, you know, so Tim Lee comes, people that don't usually come to church attend, no Mm -hmm. no question about it. Uh, But Pastor Godfrey was talking about how just because you become saved, it doesn't mean you're going to be a world changer. You have that possibility. You can be a world, God wants you to be a world saver, a world world changer. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he wants you to, to um, fulfill the purpose that he has you, here for right um there he said there's not a person in this room that does not have a purpose and i this is pastor godfrey talking i love that that saying if, if you're if you're just don't know what your world is about you don't know what your day-to-day life is about knowing that god has a purpose for you is such a strong statement right if, if you can believe that when you believe that you just want to find out what it is what is it? You know, if he has me here for a reason, what is that reason? Uh-huh. And, and there's many ways that we can talk about later or, or another podcast to find that out. Prayer, Bible, you know, congregating with, with uh, other Christians to find out what your, you know, what your purpose is. Asking him and right. listening, not just keep talking, but just listen. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, uh, we have a series of uh, groups here at mm-hmm. Mark, Marcus Point. Uh, it's like starting point is kind of your introduction to Marcus Point Baptist Church, what yeah. we believe, all that stuff. But then there's subsequent classes like Serve Point and Connect Point, right. all that stuff that that do several things. Uh, you know, connect you with a with a small group, you know, a, a group of friends here at church with like interests or whatever. Uh, Serve Point, which is more about um, kind of along the lines of what you're talking, is. Mm-hmm. 
where do, where do I kind of fit in, right. uh, in in this grand scheme of things? Right. You know, it kind of gives you tools on how to um, explore that idea. What is my what is my purpose? What's what's God called me to do? Right, right. And those are classes that are mm-hmm. reoccurring. Um, right. Last night was um, uh, the first one. I believe last night was another uh, starting point. Starting point, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. So those are great. I love that we have those introductions to to help people find out uh, yeah. different things about and, themselves. And that's what the small groups are are, are really for is mm-hmm. to uh, help you explore that or help you pursue that. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Pastor Garfrey was also talking about there's also people that are Jesus fans, but not necessarily followers of Jesus. And I heard another pastor put it like this. Uh, you can be a Jesus lover, but not a Jesus follower. Right. Right. You, you can acknowledge who he is and love who he is, but not follow him and not find out what your your gifts are mm-hmm. um, to serve other people or, um, you know, to find out how you can be served as well uh, yeah. whenever you're in need. Um, so that was another quote. And, and uh, Pastor Godfrey was talking a little bit more about Jesus called 12, of which 11 became world changers. He called them apostles. Uh-huh. Um, they reached an entirely different level of influence. And it took time. Right. That's the thing. That, you know, there's... there's um, people- well, uh, even the, the 12th um, was a world changer, but the point that uh, Pastor Godfrey point, uh, brought up in his sermon was that um, it wasn't changed for the, for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, which... Depending on how you look at it is is kind of a subjective view because if it was part of God's plan, then it was yeah. still for the better because God can use the um, the the improper actions of people to still mm-hmm. uh, be a tool in His overall plan. Sure, sure. so it's, it's interesting how you look. We're, we're actually going to talk about this a little bit later uh, okay. today. Okay, but um, but Sounds keep going. Good. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no that's okay. <laughs> that's a that's a good clarification. You're right. Uh, and when I was taking these notes, I thought about that. Well, he. Trying to change the world. I mean, we're still talking about him. You know what I mean? Oh, we're, absolutely. We're still talking about what he did and what you know. Um, how even if you're called, you can make decisions uh, to that will influence and affect um, your purpose in life. Uh, some people are saved. Myself, I was saved. In, let me say this: There's some people that aren't able to really at least describe from uh, one day to another when they weren't saved and then when they were saved. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I, I don't want to get philosophical about that because I'm not all clear about that. I can do that myself. Mm-hmm. I know when I wasn't and when I was from, from one minute to another, exactly where it was. You can articulate the events surrounding yeah. your yep. salvation. Yep. yep, yep. It was a very simple class in a church that I was joining. It was like mm-hmm. a uh, joiner class. Okay, you join the church. Go through this. This is what we believe, and this is uh, this is our, our, our what we believe who Jesus is. Right. I, I went into that 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 class, that little class, thinking I was saved. Coming out knowing I was. Right. And it was nothing new that I heard. It was just the story of who Jesus is. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, he went from being a a a, a cartoon character to a real person. Yeah, uh, you know, whatever. Well, my, I was ready to hear it, whatever it was. Right, and and you know the the salvation experience, you know, often gets equated with this uh, little script you say at some point right. in your life, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's not true because a lot of people can say a script and they don't mean it. Yeah, it's it's a transformation of your heart yeah. where where your uh, faith is is being placed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I heard a, a pastor put it this way once. You know, when the altar call happens, uh, and you know they 
call you, call you forward to get saved. Uh, are you saved after you say the uh, say the say the script, or mm-hmm. are you saved when you step out of the aisle? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and you know, it's very pharisaical conversation, perhaps. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it, God has it covered, right? Right. Whenever yeah. we start trying to trying to uh, delineate those things from second second, you know, it's all about what what's in your heart and right. what's what the truth is, and He knows what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. I, it, no question about it, um, but not not everybody can do that, is what I'm saying. And and, and uh, I'm thankful that I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it brings, um, I don't know what it does. I'm just very thankful to be able to say that I, I know the the exact time and, and date where it was. Right, um, it, it was one t- one moment to another. So, um, but the last four apostles. In this sermon, uh, we talked about Judas, not the traitor. Right. Um, uh, John, was John in this this group? I don't remember what the last five. I got Judas and, no, yeah. we talked about Judas and John 1422. Yeah, it was uh, Judas, not the traitor, mm-hmm. Judas Iscariot, mm-hmm. James the Less, and Thomas. There you go, those, th- those four. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the sermon, Josh? Was it, uh, is I, is I, you know, if you like that kind of thing, uh, no, I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, whenever I'm, I'm, uh, sitting there listening to the sermon, you know, I'm, I'm usually taking notes for, uh, you know, teasing out ideas for things I want to explore in either my own Bible study or in Bible study gun club or ideas for the podcast, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing that really stuck out to me is when he talked about Judas Iscariot, his world changed for the worse. And, 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 you know, we have the, these notes that go along with the, uh, with the sermon on Mm -hmm. the Marcus point um, app. Fill in the blanks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And in, in those notes, it said Judas Iscariot, his world changed for the worse, others for the good. And that was really the only uh, uh, bullet point in the notes uh, that was given about Judas Iscariot. And I kind of oh. wanted to explore that a little bit more because there's, oh, there's uh, a neat little world inside of the events surrounding Judas, um, his his betrayal of, of Christ. Okay. So <clears throat> in, in Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 27, it uh, records the events around, uh, around Judas' betrayal. Um, <clears throat> it says... Uh, and we're going to read verse 1 through 10. So when the morning was come, all of the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Which, by the way, someday we got to talk about Pontius Pilate. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <clears throat> uh, then Judas, which had betrayed him, uh, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I've sinned. In that I have betrayed the innocent blood, and they said, "What is that to us? See, see out of that." So let's let's pause there for the moment and and just talk about what's going on. So this is after Judas has already betrayed Christ. He's led the uh, apostles, or not the apostles. He led the Pharisees and uh, everyone who was trying to accuse Jesus of putting him to death. He led them to Jesus, okay. and you know betrayed him when he could. It's like the, the person that I that I, uh, that I kiss. That's Jesus. Right. Go ahead and do what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And and he was paid a fee for that. He was paid 30 pieces of silver. Well, after he betrayed Jesus and Jesus was led away and he was uh, and he was condemned and everything. Uh, in verse three, it said uh, Judas repented himself. 
and and he tried to return those 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. And he said, I've sinned in that I've betrayed the innocent blood. That's a that's a huge statement mm. that Judas is making here, because uh, up until this point, there hasn't really been anything good said about Judas Iscariot. Mm. Mm. Uh, he was always the betrayer. He was always the one that was not really looking out for, um, you know, how, how to bring glory to the Messiah. Yeah. It was always sort of selfishness and pride and he had ulterior motives and all this mm -hmm. stuff. But here mm -hmm. he says, I've sinned in that I've betrayed the innocent blood. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and it's really horrible what the, what the chief priests at the time uh, who, who were in the wrong said to him, he said, what's that to us? You, you, you go take care of that. That's, that's, that's all you. Mm -hmm. We don't really, we don't really care. We got our thing out of it. So have mm -hmm. a good day, you know? Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, so Judas, you know, he's kind of a man without a country, so to speak, you know, yeah. he's nowhere, nowhere he can really turn. And he, verse five says, he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. The chief, and the chief priests, chief priests <clears throat> took the silver pieces and said, it's not lawful for to put them into the treasury because because it's the price of blood. So here Judas is, he's in the temple, talking to the chief priest and said, you know, I, I, I did something, I betrayed innocent blood. I don't want this money anymore. He throws it, and the chief priest is like, we don't care. He throws the money on the, on the floor of the temple, runs out and hangs himself. And so here the chief priests are standing in the temple, 30 pieces of silver on the floor. They can't really put it into the treasury of the temple because they said it's not lawful because it's the price of blood. This is blood money. Mm -hmm. So they can't really, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, can I, you know, go uh, take, uh, get paid to kill someone and then tithe on that. Right. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a conflict <laughs> there. Right. Yes. And uh, cause, cause that's, that's why I said it's the price of blood. Well, uh, still something needed to be done with these, these 30 pieces of silver. So verse seven, they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. So they took those 30 pieces of silver. They couldn't put it into the treasury of the mm -hmm. temple. So they decided, you know what, let's let's go buy uh, a field. They bought it from, you know, the, the previous owner who was a potter. They bought, the, bought them the potter's field. Actually, uh, one of the reasons it was called the potter's field will we'll, where this was located, uh, this field that they bought, it's called the field of blood in this day. And in Hebrew, and we learned about this in Acts, it's called the, I'm probably slaughtering the pronunciation of it. Let's just assume I'm going to slaughter the pronunciation. Okay. Akel Dama. Okay. All right. <laughs> in Hebrew, it just means field of blood. Uh, some people think the reason it was called the field of blood uh, was because there was a lot of clay there, mm -hmm. red clay. It's, it's, Specific, I mean, it, it tells here why it was called the field of blood because it's purchased with blood money. Right. However, the uh, it was also a field that had a lot of clay in the soil. So mm -hmm. potters, that's why one of the reasons it's called the potter's field because it's, that's where clay came from. That would be made, used to make pots and stuff. Right. So, uh, but but that's not a not, not an insignificant detail uh, why it's called the potter's field. But anyway. Um, so they they bought this field specifically to bury strangers in because uh, if if you 
if you died within the jurisdiction of the temple, uh, the temple was tasked with or was responsible for uh, providing for your burial. Okay. Uh, well, there is a problem because sometimes a stranger, someone who is a non-Jew, uh, a, a Gentile, mm-hmm. would would uh, would die there, and they were responsible for uh, providing some place for their burial. Mm-hmm. And so they decided, you know what, let's let's prepay this. Let's purchase a field to bury strangers in. Mm-hmm. And uh, therefore, it was called the Field of Blood in this day. And, uh, you know, this Field of Blood, you know, this plot of land still exists to this day. It's, it's uh, in the Hinnom Valley that's just south of Jerusalem. And uh, it was used to bury non-Jews okay. uh, who, who died in Jerusalem. Uh, this field... Uh, sort of remained in history as, as, as associated with this event, uh, associated with uh, Gentiles who were buried there and all this stuff. And actually, in the, in the, I think in the 12th century, I was reading um, uh, Crusaders would, would come to this field and they would take, uh, take soil from it. And they would go back to their cemeteries in Europe mm-hmm. and they would use that or on the on their Christian burial grounds in Europe to consecrate that that burial as a Christian burial site because this was a, another Gentile grave in you know in Europe mm-hmm. and so they would use soil from this field of blood to consecrate their um, uh, their burial grounds mm-hmm. there okay. so a lot of a lot of history and a lot of mythology associated with this area <coughs> pardon me so um, picking up though. In uh, verse, so verse eight, uh, wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken uh, by by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, and they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. So hold the phone here. This whole event was talked about way back in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Old Testament, right, it's it split into three different sections uh, in, according to uh, a Hebrew tradition, right? There's uh, the section that's the law, there's the writings, and then there's the prophets. And oftentimes these three uh, groups of scrolls were uh, it was named like the the scroll of the law, uh, the writings. But since there's a bunch of prophets, it was usually the first the first one is like the Jeremiah scroll, right? Okay. So the Jeremiah scroll would have had uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Ezekiel, Amos, Obadiah, Joel, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Malachi, right? Wow. That whole thing. One long name. <laughs> it was this was like the collection of the prophets, okay. the Jeremiah scrolls, um, and so. Uh, in the Jeremiah scroll would would have been the writings of uh, of Zechariah. So I want to go back to Zechariah chapter eleven and, and and read a little bit from there. So let me pull that up uh, on my phone here. Uh, so Zechariah he was one of the prophets to the uh, to the kingdom of Judah. And if you remember our, our history of, of the nation of Israel. Israel split in the northern and southern kingdom uh, after Solomon uh, was no longer on the throne, and uh, Israel descended into uh, into evil, 
and were conquered by the Assyrian Empire. Judah, it took them a little bit longer, but they still eventually succumbed to, you know, their their lusts for pagan gods and all this stuff. And they ended up being taken over by the Babylonian kingdom. Well, uh, Zechariah, he was uh, he was one of the prophets to the southern kingdom of Judah, and he he spoke of of the destruction that was coming. Uh, he also spoke of restoration that would eventually come, and and uh, the future of the nation of Israel, <clears throat> both northern and southern kingdom. But he also alludes to the rebuilding of the temple after the Babylonian captivity. Zechariah is, is has one of the highest densities of messianic um, uh, allusions in the Old Testament mm-hmm. of the coming Messiah, and you know obviously a call a, a call to repentance for you know the, the God's people and all this stuff. Well, Zechariah chapter eleven. Verse 12, there's this interesting, you know, verse 12 through 14, there's this interesting little insert here. He said, I said unto them, if you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And the Lord said unto me, cast it unto the potter, a goodly place that I was prized out of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. And I cut asunder mine other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. So mm-hmm. in this message to the kingdom of Judah at the at the end of their at the end of that kingdom, uh, this was right before Babylon came in. And actually this uh, Zechariah chronologically was it's uh, second to last book in the Old Testament, but this is sort of the the end of where God is specifically talking through a prophet, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and this is uh, on the timeline after this is that several hundred year silent period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay. There, there's mm-hmm. still Malachi uh, when, you, when you're flipping the pages, but chronologically, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about. So Zechariah, we're, we're at the end of the Old Testament. We're at the end of the kingdom of Judah. They're about to be uh, go into this long period of captivity and, and, and all this other stuff. But um, uh, what what's interesting is this little uh, this little insert here about the 30 pieces of silver and casting it to the potter, because this is an allusion to something that was going to happen with the Messiah later in the book of Matthew. That's why in the book of, in, in chapter 27 of Matthew, it says when uh, Judas took the 30 pieces of silver, betrayed Christ, realized that he was wrong, threw the silver down on the uh, floor of the temple, and the chief priest took it and bought the potter's field. That's why Matthew said, so that it would be uh, fulfilled, the prophecy that was 30 pieces of silver wow. cast to the mm-hmm. potter, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But here's what's interesting prophetically about that, because let, let's go back to Matthew 27. So Matthew 27 um, I really need a faster way of switching back and forth between these because it's hard to talk and type. Maybe she get, maybe she get an Apple device. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so Matthew 27, uh, uh, verse 10, gave them to the uh, potter's field uh, as the Lord appointed me, um, you know, alluding to that, that reference in the Old Testament. The very next chapter, Matthew 28, as it so happens, comes after twenty-seven. Um, Jesus, this is uh, towards the this is towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, right? He, mm-hmm. He's he's been 
uh, crucified, um, buried, rose again, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus came to them saying, this is uh, verse 18 of chapter 28, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So when he t- talks about going therefore and teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, who's he talking about? He's not talking about Israel. He's not talking about go into, uh, you know, next door and and teach other children of Israel about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the stranger, the Gentile, mm-hmm. the same people that would yeah, have been buried sure. in that field right, that was right. purchased for that 30 pieces of silver. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. I don't think there's mm. – it's an accident that – in the previous chapter, as a result of Christ's death, there was a field purchase specifically for Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And Christ's death was there to purchase our salvation for not just the children of Israel, but also for Gentiles. Mm-hmm. I think it's significant that in the very next chapter, Jesus is telling his disciples to go into the field of Gentiles and teach them about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the same field that his blood purchased on the cross. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's another little, I'll just call it a subtlety that you've brought to our attention that, uh, again, proves the Bible. Yeah, back absolutely. and forth, man. Mm-hmm. The Old Testament, New Testament, it all is intertwined. It all means something. Just because it's the Old Testament doesn't mean it's old and not pertinent. Right. You know. But that's why, you know, Judas Iscariot, even in spite of his best efforts, he was still used to be a world changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow, Josh, that's fantastic. It may not have been the path that he wanted. R- right. right. And and he mm-hmm. realized his uh, his error in that. But I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that shows the uh, the omniscience and the omnipotence of mm. God that he he can even use uh, uh, actions that actions whose intent is contrary to God mm-hmm. to be effective tools. Amen. Man, I'm thankful for that too. You know, and and I'm I'm guilty of this too. I stop. You know, I don't read a lot about that. I don't read. We, we tend not to say anything else about him, mm-hmm. uh, Judas. Uh, once we you know, read again or heard the story again that he betrayed Jesus. We right. just kind of leave it there. We don't, we don't talk about him repenting, uh, you know, and throwing the, or whatever he did, you know, yeah. we don't, cause he regretted it mm-hmm. obviously. Right. That's what yeah. we're saying is he regretted doing it so much so that he, that he hung himself. Right. You know, um, and like we've talked about before with, um, uh, whenever, the, the whole gang was was walking around uh, for 40 years and 40 uh, 40 years mm-hmm. couldn't go um, where they wanted to go we criticize them whenever they start uh, looking at pigs and uh, or calves and uh, worshiping them mm-hmm. and complaining about the food that's falling out of the sky but in reality we would be doing the same thing right. it's a, us too it's so easy for us to criticize that yeah you know? and, and i'm wondering if it's the same thing with judas you know what i mean i mean well the other thing too is how are we looking at at, at judas are we looking at him through our human perspective yeah. or from christ's perspective yeah. because remember peter did peter denied christ right as well. that's right yeah yeah and, yeah. and yet uh he he was forgiven for that mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he sought forgiveness and forgiveness christ christ met him with that forgiveness, mm-hmm. yeah. that same forgiveness was offered to Judas. Sure, uh, and and that's that that's amazing to think about mm-hmm. that 
the the person whose betrayal led to the crucifixion, mm-hmm. forgiveness was still on the table for yeah, him to accept. That's right. Wow, that's right. That's that's strong. It shouldn't surprise us because we always say that every Sunday we talk about his yeah. forgiveness. He yeah. didn't have to go kill, go go hang himself. Right. Uh, he he could have been forgiven. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, look look at. Paul, the apostle, mm-hmm. uh, when he started as Saul, he was actively killing Christians. And he was just as fervent killing Christians as he was saving them after his transformation. Right, and you know he would have he would have been one of these Pharisees that would have had no problem killing Christ. Right uh, at at one time, yeah, because he he was trained by these Pharisees. He yeah. he was. He was like upper echelon of Pharisee rank, mm-hmm. and so you know his his zeal in persecuting the church, mm-hmm. and yet he was still uh, given granted forgiveness. Yep, sure and and it it all just goes to show, like from God's perspective, everybody is a sinner. Everybody yeah. is just as guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we may commit different sins within that guilt, mm-hmm. but nobody has met the standard of perfection that is required of us. Right, and yet. Christ uh, offers that forgiveness for us. For everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody, regardless. Yeah. And it, it all just comes down to, are, are we accepting that forgiveness? Are we placing our faith uh, in what Christ did on the cross to take the punishment for our sins? Mm. Uh, how do we change the world, Josh? You know, we talk about world, we've been talking about world changers, and uh, as... Uh, as we go forth in our life today, mm-hmm. you know, how do we change the world? Pastor Godfrey gave us a couple of a couple of thoughts. Yeah, on that, keep the commandments. You know, these are all the Sunday school answers, and they're but they're true. You mm-hmm. keep you try to keep the commandments, which we can't do with apart from Christ. Right. Um, do what He's taught them to do. Do what from the twelve's perspective. If they're asking that question, you know, do what I've taught you to do. Right. Um, uh, do what I say, and the Holy Ghost, which is a, a strange term to some people, but mm-hmm. it's, it's it's truth. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, uh, will remind you what I have taught you. I that's I think I think that's a quote from Pastor Godfrey's. Uh, uh, at least when I was listening, I put it down as a quote from Pastor Godfrey. Mm-hmm. Do what do what I've taught you to do, or the Holy yeah. Spirit will remind you. Uh, and and. To me, I, I, I start thinking about the Holy Spirit and I start with the Holy Ghost. And Holy Ghost, the ghost has a, uh, a, a un, otherworldly or a not a godly kind of uh, Well, especially in October. <laughs> right, that's yeah. right. This is October. <laughs> so I don't know when we transition from Holy Ghost to Holy Spirit, but mm-hmm. King James still says Holy Ghost, right? Well, it uses both. It uses yeah. both, okay. Uh, I, I like Holy Ghost. Myself, I like it. Right. I like it. So anyway, the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit will remind us uh, what uh, what He's taught you, and it reminds me that the Holy Ghost it's it's part of the Trinity, right? It's it's. And, it, and here's the interesting thing about that. You know, now that we're on this topic of Ghost versus Spirit, um, you know, <laughs> a lot of things about the uh, about the nature of God um, are it, it's it's something that we don't have the ability to express right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, think about like someone who is uh, who was born blind from birth how do you how do you uh how do you explain color to mm-hmm. them yeah right, right right you know that's not really you're, you're limited by their experience and their vocabulary mm-hmm. you know they might have the vocabulary word of red mm-hmm. but they don't really know what that means because right. they've been limited in their ability to know the word 
read. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and right, that's, right. And uh, so when when we read in Scripture, uh, certain things about the attributes and the nature of God. God almost has to approximate them sometimes mm. using the vocabulary and the experiences that we're limited with. Right, so right. by using the term ghost or spirit, mm-hmm. it, it's not what we think of when we, you know, especially in October as we're getting down to Halloween mm-hmm. or think, ooh, ghosts and spirits. Right. You know? mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's something that is beyond our existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might be the only word that comes closest to mm-hmm. what it really is because gotcha. we're limited right, right. by by our vocabulary and our experience, right, our right, ability right. To, to to see into that world. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well said, Josh. Um, I, I like talking about the, the Trinity. It's, it's I so, do too. It's a really interesting. It is, yeah. man. And the, um, um, the transfiguration, uh, mm-hmm. I love talking about that and reading about it. It's just, it just gets me excited. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it reminds me of who he is right. uh, in a fresh way, perhaps. I don't know exactly what that means, but every time I see Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost or transfigure, mm-hmm. I just start thinking, I just start, it kind of feels like... Um, that's kind of what I think heaven's going to be like, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but it, it kind of brings me there to yeah. uh, the grandeur of it, right. you know, the otherworldly of it, the gra- of who Jesus is. It's just so overwhelming in a good way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm, I'm going through, personally going through a, a time where I feel him and I hear him flooding me with thoughts and ideas and things. And, and I'll go through that. Um, yeah. And then I'll go through times where I'm, I'm, I'm being lazy and perhaps I'm not listening, or, but there's times like right now, I can't help but listen. Right. He's screaming at me. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> and I love those times. You know what I mean? I'm rejoicing in those times. And I'm trying to take notes and remember all the things right. that he's to me, you know? And we are going through a transition uh, here uh, technically with the, the courses that we're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, we just finished up um, a devotional. And with Gun Club, you're doing um, – what did you do last night? Uh, we started the book of Joshua. That's right. Started yeah. the book of Joshua. It was, we didn't actually do anything in the book of Joshua. We it was an intro. Went, yeah, it was intro, like the um, from from Noah to Joshua. Right, right. We just went through Google Earth, actually. That was really cool, by and, the way. And looked at all of these different sites and things that are still that still exist from yeah. that time in history. Right. Uh, that we can see on satellite imagery. Yeah. Uh, pictures from that area, stuff like that. And, and that's that, a whole nother thing I want to talk about. I'm sorry I didn't mean oh, to interrupt yeah. you, but that, the, the, the fact that you use Google Earth, I really want our listeners to listen to this. Go on Google Earth. Look at look for these things. Mm-hmm. Look at them. Um, Josh has a presentation that he that, that you're uh, fine tuning. Mm-hmm. I am um, continuously updating it. Uh, yeah. You just find you just see things mm-hmm. that are in the Bible that have that, and you're looking at these physical um, presentations of what the Bible have said. Well, it helped it for me. It, it helps to bridge that gap between sun, like quote unquote Sunday school and and reality because yes, right. these aren't Bible stories. Yeah. These are accounts of events That's that right. happened. It's history. This is history. Yeah. This and, is our history. A lot of these events that happened, there are still marks and scars of them in the topography That's of right. this planet. That and, are undeniable there. Undeniably right. there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Un- like the uh like like the altar where they erected the golden calf at the mm-hmm. base of Mount Sinai and you know d- different things like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can go Google Earth the, the Valley of Blood. 
mm -hmm. or the, the field of blood that we we're just talking about right now. You can look at that and tour it in Google Earth um, at, you know, the valley in the Hinnom Valley, southern, south of Jerusalem. You know, these all of these things in Scripture exist. They are historical yeah. events. What's um, the one with the scorched mountains top? Uh, Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. So it's if you look at it through Google Earth, the, the scorched part. Is all black. Yeah, uh, and you can even uh, you can even uh, like there's several YouTube videos where they you know fly a drone over whatever mm -hmm. whatever you can see you know very close the boulders and the rocks and stuff on the on the top. Wow. And, yeah, there's there's evidence that something something significant happened there. It's it's yeah, with the technology that we're using. It's kind of like whenever somebody goes to Israel and comes back mm -hmm. uh, here at the church, specifically whenever I talk to them when they come back, inevitably they'll say it. It brings it to life. Mm -hmm. It brings it the becomes Bible real. It becomes real. What I've been reading about and believing in, mm -hmm. it's there. In in a in a technologically way, in a technological way, we can do that with Google Earth. It's there. This is yeah. a real picture. This is a real video. Of of uh, what we've been what we've been reading about, right? Um, so thank goodness for technology in that in those yeah. terms, right? Uh, but Google Earth is I, I love that everybody loves in class that whenever you use that technology, it's really good. What let me explain something. The way you do it is you start with a um, bird's of God's eye view on Marcus Point Baptist Church, right? And then you bring it back all the way to the top and, and travel over to Israel and then drop down. <laughs> so. and, and suddenly the reason I do that is because we all know that we exist here at Marcus Point. We all are here. Night. Yep. And so that shows a picture of where we are now. Yep. And it zooms out to the planet and goes yep. over there. So the the goal is subconsciously it solidifies in our mind. This is real. Yes, right. <laughs> this it, is it, as these these events that we're reading about in scripture mm -hmm. and the locations that where they where they happened mm -hmm. is as real as the building we're sitting in right, right now. And, and and I think it's a good way. You know, Josh and I have been talking about. 2024, mm -hmm. how we're going to do things differently, uh, add some things to the room to make it uh, more feasible for uh, for us to do some presentations and things. I think that's a that would be good to start any Bible study. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just as a just a, as a Google uh, Earth um, going from Marcus Point to wherever. Right. I think that's a really good way of doing it, you know, uh, especially at the beginning of classes when people are walking, you know, yeah. taking, going to different classes and finding out where they fit. And that just seems to, seems to bring you really into the story. Right. Um, so anyway, good, 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 good on you for doing that. I've been here for like 12, 12 years. It still gets me every time I see, every time <laughs> you do that. I love it. Um, so. What else? What else do we do to uh, to be the world changer? Well, I think you know, in a lot of ways, you don't know you're the world changer until yeah. after it happens. Mm. You know, when you when you look at uh, last time we were talking about Hebrews 11, mm -hmm. right, and right. all of these great names of the faith, they didn't know they were right being a world changer. Yeah. They were just doing. That's they were just point. following what God told them to do. Uh, and it's in it's usually in hindsight that we mm. can see that. Their lives uh, created a change in in trajectory. Mm, that's a really good point, especially back then. Whenever they were just walking around, yeah, they didn't have social media, didn't have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at Abraham. He, I mean, he's you know one of the first ones in Hebrews eleven. Mm -hmm. What did God tell him to do? Move. He said, "Okay, where?" Said, yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. So he he just he did. He moved. You know, yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we see the <laughs> the events of his life were like 
God gave him the next step, yeah. so he did it. Yes. God gave him the next step, so he did it. You know, and sometimes mm. God gave him the next step, and he didn't do it. Then he realized what, what went wrong, and then mm-hmm. he did it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. but the 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 sum of those was greater than their parts. Yes. Right. Right. And his life was a world changing life. Well, we are confident that what we do at Marcus Point is at least changing our little world, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever happens in the future is in God's hands. And we're confident, Josh, I'm speaking for you for a second. We're confident that we're in his hands right now. Yes. You know, we're doing this, uh, specifically the podcast, uh, you know, some of you have heard this story before, but man, we were just sitting, we would just have conversations, you mm-hmm. and I, and I just, it just struck me that man, we, this should be a podcast. This mm-hmm. should be, and, and I whipped out my iPhone, started press, pressed record, and that was our first yeah. podcast. And we did it for many years without having any audience at all because mm-hmm. you and I liked doing it and thought it had some value somehow. Yeah. And, and it gave us an option to, you know, tweak how we do it. Yes. Right. <laughs> but I mean, in, in keeping in line with, uh, you know, the, the overall goals of Marcus Point, connecting to God, connecting to each other, connecting to a lost world. Mm-hmm. And really, if we were to summarize this whole thing, how do you be a world changer? You connect to God. There you go. You connect to others. You connect to a lost Perfect. world. That's right. Perfect. Perfect. Perfectly said. And this podcast is one of the ways that we do it. Yep. And, and we're going to continue that. Another way we do it, we do Wednesday night, Wednesday night classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, I don't know, we should count them one day, 35, 45 classes on Wednesday night here. Oh, I'd probably even say more than that. I don't know. 50, whatever. There's yeah. enough. I know there's like 130 <laughs> Uh, small groups. Oh, wow. They don't all lot. happen on Wednesday. But, right. Yeah. Sometimes on Sunday and other times during the week, if it's uh, in a in somebody's home, which it could be in somebody's home, it could be mm-hmm. whatever that group decides, whatever night they yep. decide. Um, but, but we're happy to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, campus at Pensacola, Beulah, North Base, office, phone number 850-479-8337. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, email is info at Marcus Point Baptist. Dot org. Um, like what I was saying before, Josh, we have Molino and Navarre that's coming in 2000, 2024. We have Beulah and North Pace. And man, you know, we need to start acknowledging those people that are listening um, from Beulah, North Pace. Mm-hmm. We love having them uh, listen to us and uh, find out what we're going to be doing here in the near future, which we are combining forces with two other podcasts here at Marcus Yeah, the Point. Moreover podcast with Jake and Preston mm-hmm. and then the... Uh, uh, to the point. To the point. With Pastor Godfrey. And to the point just uh, dropped, I think, two more episodes. Mm-hmm. Episode two and three with yep. Pastor Godfrey. And, um, I just saw uh, uh, episode two, uh, The un- Unforgivable Sin. Unforgivable Sin, yeah. right. Yeah. So interesting I stuff. I haven't seen that one yet, but I'm, I'm going to be watching it. Um, right. So we're we're... We're happy to be a part of that that trinity of podcast. And um, right before we came in here, I talked to Braden in 2024. May see some other podcasts, nice, you know, from Marcus Point. So we'll be, be a part of that as well. We can't break up the. We can't. It has to be a trinity. <laughs> I know, right? You don't want to mess up the trinity. <laughs> um, but anyway, like Josh How do we said, reconcile that, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a. Uh, you know, we can't we'll deep dive into that. <laughs> there you go. Um, connect to God when we're in the lost world during the week. You know, let's try to do that too. In between Wednesdays and Sundays and Thursdays, whenever you and I come in here, let's let's at least be open to the fact that uh, God has us here for a reason, and that we are connecting with one another, one way or another. Uh, invite people to come see us on Wednesday night. 
that's one of the reasons that we can do it. One of the one of the ways that we can do it. Right. Um, and uh, well, at, anyone who's a Christian has been called to full time Christian service. That doesn't mean you're a pastor. That's right. It might mean you're a delivery guy. Yep. yep. It might mean you know. You're an engineer. Yeah, right. <laughs> Might mean anything. You know, God calls us to the field that he's called us to, and um, we should operate that way. If we think about it and pray about it and meditate on it before we get to a certain environment, to any environment, man, it's mm-hmm. easy to start recognizing open doors. Right. You know, uh, any anytime somebody mentions church or anything like that, or we can bring it up, you know, in a conversation, it's very easy to bring up uh, Marcus point uh, to anybody because there's mm-hmm. so much going on here. Even more so than that. And, and I'll close with this. The, I remember reading, um, there's a famous general that wrote a treatise on, on war strategy, mm-hmm. uh, Clausewitz. Clausewitz. Yep. And uh, he wrote, he just called on war. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he made this, uh, distinction between preparation for battle and battle proper. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, arguably, battles are won in the preparation phase. Mm-hmm. And and that's true for us. You know, when we talk about uh, being a world changer or following in, in these opportunities that God presents us or um, sharing the gospel with people, it all starts with us opening scripture, yeah. um, developing and strengthening our relationship with God, because if our relationship is where it needs to be, He'll direct us. Amen to that. And, um, you know, battles are won on the engineer's drafting board. There you go. uh, We like to say. Uh, As you like to say. (laughs) As an engineer, you like to say. Um, Josh, would you close us in prayer? Sure. All right. God, thank you very much again for uh, the freedom we have to uh, sit here and talk about you and um, just dig into your word and go wherever it leads. Help us to... um, uh, really do the same same in our own lives. Lord, help us to dig into you and go wherever you lead mm-hmm. and uh, be able to ar- articulate our love for you and your love for us to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Josh. See you next week. Yep. All right. Bye.